the Dell's War Room. Uh, War Stories, we are here with my good friend, Sean Jones. He is the executive director of Rex Air, the company that manufactures the greatest machine on the planet. And uh, he is one of my mentors, one of my great friends, and we've been working together, I guess, uh, what, about two years now? About two years. About two years, Sean's been in our life and uh, been a big game changer, uh, done a lot to, uh, to to change our lives and our business for sure. So. Uh, welcome to the welcome to the war room, my friend. Dude, I am so pumped for this. I've been so excited. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So we're sitting here, we're drinking tea out of our uh, manly beer mugs, manly <laughs> wooden beer mugs here. So because we're gonna drink tea, we're gonna we're gonna Everything do it just like me. Beer mugs, so no matter what it is. Right, exactly. So, so Sean, uh, yeah, Sean is. You've been pretty much. I mean, you've been in direct sales. I think since. You, you were born in a, in a sales meeting, I think. Um, you're pretty much out of, uh, out of college, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Pretty much in, yeah. in, in direct sales, most of it. Yeah, I actually, you know, my brother, who is four years older than me, was in direct sales first. And so I think my first, you know, look, I've been working since I was 12, 11, 12. First job, I think, was shoveling horse crap. <laughs> Talk about a shitty job, right? But anyways, yeah. uh, I did. I shoveled horse crap, and then I worked in a Chinese restaurant. And my point is, I, I had the many jobs. My parents always made sure I had a job and paid for my own stuff. They right. gave me an old car and said, "You got to put gas in it. You got to pay for the insurance." But here's the car, and right. I was happy. So I was actually first into sales when I was 17 years old. I actually worked as a telemarketer oh, where wow. my brother worked in direct sales. So right. that was the first introduction and then I went to college and uh, then I was recruited in again into direct sales so I started uh, right uh, you know when for a summer scholarship program I started in direct sales and that was it so even marketing then because I mean you're kind of a like a marketing guru so that was right into yeah. one of your first gigs 17 was in telemarketing and yes you know I, I think the truth is anybody that's really good in direct sales becomes a marketing guru I think that's really the truth. Yeah, and you if have you're to not, be. you need to be, right? Yeah, they go hand in hand, right? You can't do one without the other. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So I'm definitely interested in, in, I mean, it's always fun when we get together and, and you know, I, I love the conversations that we have. And one of the things that I've tried to do in these war rooms, and I know you've gone through most of these episodes, I believe, and given me your opinions on them and stuff. And, and I think that... Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from you over the last year and, and I have my mentors in the places. And, you know, one of the things I've always, you know, laughed at is, I mean, you, you always kind of say that you, you know, you're, well, you're creator of nothing and, you know, you steal all kinds of stuff. And, and really, I think that's what it's all about. I mean, none of the stuff that, you know, there's not a whole lot of things that we really come up with realistically, right? I mean, you know, some of the things it's like, oh, there's something and you, you know, you come up with it. But a lot of the stuff is things that you learn. And if you yeah. put the time and the effort and the energy into learning, you, you know, I mean, it's just, you're, you're, you're sharing knowledge really is what it all Absolutely. comes down to. And you become, you got to be aware, obviously. Right. And, and I think what happened for me, Dallas, is when I was, I think, 19 years old, what happened to me is I read a book. And that one book, How to Influence and Influence People, that was the book, Dale Carnegie. And after I read that book, Dallas, at that point in time, I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to travel the world and change people. Yeah. I mean, I was 19 years old when I read that book. That book led me onto a journey, not only with what I wanted to do with my life, because hence that's what I'm doing now, by the way, but what it led me is to read another book, yeah. which then led me to read another book, and then another book, and another book. And that much of an impact on you, that one and, book. Yeah, that yeah. one book made that impact. 
And yeah. Because I realized at that point in time how much impact books can have on you. Right. And, you know, the, those are, if you say, Sean, what are the two resources that you've used in your life to guide you? I would say two major things. Number one is books and, or audio material, however you learn. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, another one is mentors. Right. And people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. You know, I think Jim Rohn said something that I'll never forget. You are the average of the five people you speak to the most. 100%. Which means it, whoever you're talking to on a daily basis, you know, that's what you're going to become. So, um, it, again, we're going to go off, I'm sure I'm going to go on many tangents. Yeah. But I remember my, my mom raising us kids. That were, I have a younger sister and an older brother. And we were, all in all, we were good kids. We never got into any trouble. Um, you know, we had fun, we had parties and all that stuff, but we were good kids. And I'll never forget, I asked my mom, I said to my mom one time, I said, Mom, how did you keep us out of trouble when I was getting ready to start my family? And my mom said, easy. I kept you busy. You were in sports. I played sports all year round. Right. And you and I were talking about that before. Yep. And uh, I played sports all year round. Uh, I was a soccer player just like you. Right. And um, my mom said, what happened was when I got you involved in sports and athletes, your friends, your peers, were those type of people. And in sports, when you're playing sports, you want to win. You like to become a winner. And you like that feeling and so on. So my friends was that group of people. So I think it is so important to understand those two things. It is, you know, the books that you read, the people yeah. you speak to. These are very important things. Let's start there because um, my version of that is the same kind of thing. Is you're a project of your environment. And it's the same kind of deal. We talk about how... You grow up in, you know, certain people grow up in certain environments and it's the same thing as the five people, you know, you, you, you know, birds of the feather flock together and that type of stuff. We know that in sales a lot, you know, you know, somebody goes to pays credit card, they give referrals, you're going to get credit cards more or less, right? So you're a product of your environment and, and we see that a lot of times if you start hanging around a lot of negative people, you are typically a negative person. And, you know, it, it's, it's the same thing you hang around positive people, you end up being fairly positive. It's hard to be negative when you're surrounded by positive people. Yeah. You know, it's hard to be positive when you're surrounded by negative people. So one of the things that I always kind of teach people is if you know, you're a product of your environment and if you want a better product, you need a better environment. But here's what I want to go down um, with you is, let's look at it this way because in some rare cases, there are situations where, let's say for example, you take one of your successful distributors and let's say they grew up in an environment and say they had there's five kids in the family okay now let's just say they, they grew up in, a, in an environment that wasn't positive say they came from a poverty situation they came from abusive situations and say all five of these kids grew up in a really shitty spot and it wasn't a positive environment it was negative now four of those kids maybe grew up in that bad environment and they ended up in the, the, the product of that environment, they ended up down that road. They ended up like their parents did. Yeah. But maybe that one person struck, pulled themselves out of that. You know, we see this a lot. In like, I think you see this a lot in sports. Yeah. The basketball players, that you know, football players, you know, that, that came from the ghetto that didn't have you know, the, the thing that you see. You see these success stories. One of my mentors, Danny Johnson, I mean, came from hell mm -hmm. and, and made it through. Mm -hmm. So what, ha what do you think happens, Sean, in those rare cases where, like, why are some people successful and other people aren't? Like, how come some people can, no matter the environment, can still push through? Like, what do you think it is in, in you've worked with people your whole entire life. What do you think it is? 
away from say just the five people you hang out with or the or the product because that's I think is a generalization. But what is it outside of that that makes those special people push through? You know, that you're asking a beautiful question. You know, it was funny. I think um, I'm kind of a rare, not a rare bird, but I am a person that thinks um, a little bit different, like you. And it's interesting hearing you speak and listening to your podcast and so on. We think a lot alike. But I had that same question, except I had that question when I was maybe 12 years old. Why are some people successful in life and some people not? I, I learned some things in my life growing up because I grew up in a household, because this is interesting, I grew up in a household where um, we weren't rich by any means, but we were okay. We were better than my, my father, closer to my father's side than my mother's. But my father had two brothers, and I know we lived in a, you know, a, a nicer home. We had nicer things. We, you know, we... So I noticed that very early. And my father's two brothers, uh, my father was the middle child, okay? And uh, both of them worked uh, in a factory because they followed their father, right? It's usually monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. That's what usually happens. Um, so my grandfather comes from Kentucky. He's a, what they call a hillbilly, you know, <laughs> was literally got ran out of the state, literally, because he was running moonshine at the time. Oh, and the wow. cops were after so he got on the bus, left his family behind, which was my dad, his brothers, and his wife, and was on his way on the bus to um, to go to Detroit because that's where all the jobs were in the factories with GM and, and Ford and all that. Right. Well, he got off a bus, got off the bus to go to the bar in Toledo, and that's where he ended up getting a job at the factory. Found, met somebody at the bar and they got a job, and then he moved. After he made some money, he moved his family up. Anyways. My grandfather worked, you know, the factory, second shift, shift, third shift, whatever it was. And it was interesting because the boys followed the footsteps of their father, even my father. But at some point in time, um, and I asked my dad this question, at some point in time, I said, well, how did you get out? Well, my dad actually took a cut in pay and went to the business side of the company. He, he left, he knew the factory was kind of a dead-end job, right? Um, and uh, he wanted more. And he knew the business side, so it intrigued him. So he took a cut and pay and started learning the business side and worked like a dog. And then um, one of the managers left there, went to another company and knew my father. And then they brought my father over to that company. And my father worked full-time and went to college in the evening. Long story short as possible, um, I witnessed my father working hard and going to college in the evening and uh, for the family, and we had nicer things and so on. Now, there's something I think to be said about being a middle child, by the way, not to use this as any excuse or for anybody, but I think as a middle child, you have to learn how to be pretty independent. What does that mean? The first child gets the recognition because they're the first child. The last child gets the recognition because they're the baby. The second child, sort of the middle child, sort of gets left alone, yeah. which, again, I'm okay with. Because I learned to play on my own, I learned how to do things on my own. Um, but here was something interesting. I, I think being aware is very important, Dallas. Here's what I recognized, I think, in successful people, whatever you call success. And when you hear me say the word success, Dallas, I want to be understood. I'm not talking about monetary, I'm talking about yeah. life in general. Yeah. Love, relationships, everything. But I've been very aware and paying attention to people that what I like to call um, 
They have the home run life, which means when I look for those mentors, which means they're a good parent figure, uh, they're a good business person, uh, they're a good human being to other people. I think that's important when you're aware. But here's what I also find about successful people. They think different. Everything comes down to controlling your thoughts. It took me a long time to realize this, Dallas. There are two voices in my head every day. Yeah. Every day when I wake up, it starts from the second I wake up. Um, I read a great book called The Untethered Soul, which talks about these voices in your head. There's a great book called uh, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, talking about that voice in your head. We read that one on your yeah, recommendation. It's a great yeah. book. And it talks about these voices. And, it's a, it, and when you understand the way the universe works, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because it opens up a whole other podcast. Yeah, we'll be on that one for yeah, a long for, time. Yeah, for a long time. It'd be a fun one. But when you understand the universe, there's two energies. Positive and negative, good and bad, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. But my point is, these two energies are also the two voices that are in your head. Okay? What I believe, and I'm just telling you my beliefs from my spiritual journey, what I believe is that our Creator has given us the free choice to win in this game of life, which means we get to choose to the voices we want to listen to. Now, why is that? Because a long time ago, we decided we wanted to play this game of life, which then that's what happens in the Big Bang and how we come into existence. Again, not another random hole, I don't yeah. want to go, but I'm trying to give you a general idea of why I think people think the way they think. But what happens is we have the choice to make a decision, and whether it be a positive decision, whether it be a negative decision. But also what I realized is, because we get to make these decisions, we also get to learn from the wrong decisions. Now, I learned this at a young age, again, Dallas, because you asked this question, I think it's so important, about surrounding yourself with the right people. I played soccer, and I was a great soccer player. I used to think, oh my gosh, it's because I'm an amazing athlete. And I'm going to tell you the secret here in a second. But I want to tell you the accolades I got first. I was nominated my senior year in high school, All-American. I was uh, first team in the division. I was second team All-State, which means I was a goalkeeper, by the way. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, yeah. But I was second. They rated me the second best goalkeeper in the whole state of Ohio. I had all these athletes, and I always thought, Dallas, it was because Sean's just a special athlete, just amazing. Later on, did I realize that's actually not the truth? Here's what actually happened. Where I grew up from the age of whatever it is when you're in second grade, I don't know. From the age of second grade all the way through high school, I grew up in a suburb, okay? And there were three boys that I played with consistently. Tommy, who was two years older than me, Bobby, who was two years older than me, and Billy, who was three years older than me. These were my three friends. It's who I played with every single day. And we played soccer all the time. And you want to know something? They beat the crap out of them. Because mm -hmm. I was weaker, I was younger, I was at least two years younger. Now at that age growing up, that's a big age difference. Right. And they whipped the crap out of me. But guess what happened as I became older? When I started playing with older players, I was better with my old age players. I was better than them because I was used to playing with stronger, right. quicker, faster players. Yeah. So I recognized this at a young age, by the way. Now I'm talking when I was 18, 19 years old. 
this is when I recognized and realized, Dallas, how important it is to surround yourself with the right people. Right. And what I'm saying to you is, why are some people successful and some people not? The truth be told, it's not the college education. It's not how they were raised. Dallas, it's how they think. It's how they learn to control your thoughts. And this is something that I've become madly obsessed with is understanding the brain. Right. And I have been studying the brain for now, let's say the past year. Right. And how the brain works, it is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But I would say that's really what I have done and what most successful people have done. Yeah. Being aware, okay, being being a student of life, okay, yeah. and controlling your thoughts. Yeah. That's really the thing. And I think the first time I got turned on to that, obviously before, you know, meeting you even was with, um, like hearing some of Simon Sinek stuff, um, you know, it was really just my first like eye opening thing to like, you know, wow, there's almost some, like there's some scientific Mm -hmm. evidence behind this too, right? Which is, which is good. But I want to, um, throw something very interesting at you. And this is something that I, I learned from Danny Johnson a few years ago that was a very interesting approach because when you talk about the five people and, if you had a scenario and you said, okay, is it better to hang around five rich assholes or five broke, super positive people? What's the best environment for you to go in? And it was interesting because Danny, and this is really what really, um, it impacted my life a lot. And because what had happened is, is, you know, when I was beginning my self-development, I was the person who was, I wanted to give everybody my advice. But really, I was in no position to give anybody advice because I don't have anything anybody wants, mm-hmm. right? But I had this image and this persona, you know, but I was just, you know, so it was really for me, it was like, I was the guy who would want to give you my opinion, yeah. but realistically, when you look at it, it's like, who the hell would, really nobody should have wanted my opinion because I don't have anything yeah. that any, I had no business giving anybody advice. And I remember, you know, Danny has this way of just, she's that female version of me where it's just like, she just punches you right upside the head with it, but she just tells you how it is and doesn't give a shit. And she was talking about how when she was young and just kind of getting into her situation of like where she was uh, hanging around positive people, she was getting herself away from the, the lifestyle she had grown up in. And she was just getting introduced to the, the world of, of business and success. She started hanging around with some more successful people. And really, I think it was a boyfriend that she met and she took her to a business meeting. And so she started getting introduced to this world and she started thinking like, holy shit, there's these guys, but they were, there was like these arrogant type people she was starting to hang around with, but they had, they were successful and proven successful. And she was in this business meeting and she was this kind of had this ego beside her. And, and it was interesting because she was in this meeting and this guy basically agreed to kind of work with her to, to almost help her, to mentor with her a little bit. And she came in and he was talking and she, basically gave an opinion and he basically looked at her and literally told her to shut the F up mm-hmm. and she just got like taken back and he basically more or less told her like, who the hell are you? What do you have? And what makes you think you have a, a like any business giving me advice on anything whatsoever? He's like, if you want what I have and you want to learn what I have, like sit down, shut up, take notes and don't ever speak again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and, so maybe not the best delivery of it, but what she learned in that lesson was like, okay, I don't want to be this guy maybe in terms of the mentality, Yeah. but 
I can learn from this guy, right? So you can kind of take that thing, and I think what you're kind of saying too is like, so there's situations where maybe these aren't the five people mm-hmm. I necessarily want to hang around. Mm-hmm. So maybe my crowd might be that these more positive people. Yeah. But holy shit, I can learn in this environment. Yes. So there's a person out there, and I'm not going to mention his name, but there's a, a very big self-development person out there who I just have I, I just don't like him. I don't, and it's, it'll probably surprise most people that I and my style wouldn't like this guy. I just don't. I, I, I just don't like his delivery. I don't like the way he does things. Mm-hmm. He turns me off. I don't, but, but it's like, I, I read books I probably wouldn't maybe go to his seminars, but like I've learned from him because I'll still take, I'm not, I don't have an ego to the point where I won't think I can learn from the person, but I also just, I don't, he's not my style, you know, but I'll still learn what I can from him. If there's a lesson there, I can learn from him and then I'll just kind of move on, take that a little bit from him and go. So I think it's important to understand that you can still be that person, still learn from those people, but still put yourself into the environment that you can. So, you know, not saying just because maybe your friends don't have, Money doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to have money, but you still want to put yourself in positive environments, but you can still have success being in a positive environment. Jaylene has a lot of positive friends, but she's got way more money than all of them. I have a lot of positive friends, but I have way more money than all of them. Yeah. Dallas people always say, look, if you're a jerk and you have a lot of money, it just enhances your jerkness. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Exactly. So I think it's important that people don't misconstrue or saying that like you can have success among people who maybe don't have the same amount of success. It's more about like the the that what you're getting from people in terms of the emotions and those types of things because it's that mental abuse and it's like, and again like, like how you're thinking and what those environments are that cause more of those issues than just how much money you have. Dallas, you're, 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 you're saying something beautiful, and I really love it, and thank you for that, and, and this is important, why I think a podcast is important, and why I agree to do this, by the way, because I think you have the ability to talk to more people, but here, let me explain to you this way, and kind of, um, in, in my opinion, which, again, who am I? I mean, outside, let's say, uh, our business, people don't know who Sean Jones is, right? right. And, and, and that's, that can become humbling really quick. And I heard somebody say that, and I said, wow, that's, that's big. So I have tried to do everything without an ego. Right. And ego stands for everybody's got one. Right. Okay? Um, ego is controlled by the negative side of uh, what they call Satan, the devil, yep. whatever you want to call it, okay? But I always ask people this. What is your reason for existence? You know, and, and I'm not kidding you on this. I'm going to say something that's really weird, and, and maybe it's not weird. Maybe other people have this feeling. But I remember when I was young, okay, as far as back as I can remember, when I was, when I could remember, so maybe I was 10, 8, 9, I don't know. I remember two things. Number one, I remember sitting in bed at night wondering why I'm here. I, I swear to you, going, why do I have these thoughts? What, what is, why am I even here? Like, what's the purpose? That was one. The second one is I was scared that my parents were going to die one day. And I would cry. I remember that too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember those two things, yeah. okay? Let me tell you what those two things have got me to realize. My existence and my whole reason it is here is I'm seeking fulfillment. I am trying, and all I'm trying to do every day 
us is become a better version of me for me. Not for anybody else, even though I've been married for coming up on 25 years, I think it is, um, and I've got an amazing daughter. I'm just trying to be a better version of me so I can be a better version of me for other people. That's, that's this whole thing, man. And so what I mean by that, Dallas, is, okay, money is, 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 is just one of the aspects of it, okay? So money just allows me to um, emphasize my life on another level. And money is a byproduct of the decisions I make, right? So the decision that I make every day when I wake up and what I do to be effective that day decides my income. It's like when we go out and go into a home to do a demo or to sell something, whatever it is, I make that decision now right. every day what I'm going to do. Yep. Okay? So if I can control my thoughts and my decisions, that will control my outcome. So again, what I'm trying to do is be a better version of me for me. And here's what I mean by this, because you're saying something so important. When I look for mentors, I'm not talking about just financially. Okay? I'm, that's one of them, of course. But I'm trying to find the right people that have the right relationships. Okay? People that have been married for 50, 60 years. Right? right? Or, and fortunately, I grew up in a household that, that was married for many, 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 many years and a lot of love in that household. Right. And I try to find out how to be a better father, how to be a better husband, how to be a better friend, how to be a better human being to this world and contribute to this world, right? So I think what you're saying is so important and to understand how you can learn and have those group of five people. And it's not just monetary, it's just yeah. Yeah. So the other side of it too now, again, and this is something that we have a lot of people, and I mean, and I was, I mean, I guess I, I was thankful that I wasn't super old, you know, when Rainbow came into my life. I surely wish it would have came in 10 years earlier. I mean, I even wish if, you know, if I would have been so stupid and would have listened to Jaylene three years sooner, yeah. you know, I think about, I always feel like I'm three years behind, but I mean, it's all in, in timing and happens for a reason but there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are in that middle age range that are just figuring this out maybe for the first time so it was funny when you hear about investments and I know you're you know big on investments so you always hear that thing about like if you start an investment for your kid and you, know, you put X amount of money away yeah. when you're a kid and by the time they're 60 they'll be a millionaire yeah. Yeah. okay well then someone who's 40 is like well it's too late for that yeah. So that's always like, you just write that off because, yeah. well, it's too late. Yeah. So if we're talking to someone who's 40, is it too late? Um, to become a millionaire, let's say? Or to, to surround success. yourself with these people. If you're no. saying you're successful, like, are, is it too late? If, if I'm 40 years old, 45 years old right now, is it like, oh, well, this is, I mean, if, if you have your group of friends and your, your life's here now, maybe you're surrounded by miserable people. I mean, do you just throw your hands up in the air like that investment and say, well, whatever, this is my life now? Or, you know, or is it just like, or what, you know, what are some things that you can do is it, or is it like, can you still put your life in that direction now and start making some changes to be successful? So once again, here's where it comes down to is controlling the way you think. Like you just said something, you know, I'm 40 and in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, so half of your life is done. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah. it's not, that, that's not, in the first half, by the way, you're just trying to figure it out anyways. Right? right, and what I mean by figuring it out is figuring life out and what's the purpose, right? Yeah. But at forty, no, it's just the beginning. Yeah. Right. I mean, I didn't start honestly. 
It's funny, I think in your brain, Dallas, there's parts of your brain, and I think evolution and the way we're wired or hardwired, it's designed like this. Because usually at about, I don't know, between 35 and 40, you go through the old crap mode. What does that mean? Your brain starts going, I gotta get my stuff together. Yeah. So, you know, when people look at this, the answer is absolutely not. I don't care if you're 50 or you're 60. It all depends on how you look at it, right? It all depends on what you want to do, okay? And, and I think it doesn't matter your age. And, and I will say something, because you said something beautiful, is what if it was a little bit earlier? Listen, if I had to do this all over again, I would make the same mistakes. Yeah. Which means everything that I have been doing in my life led me up to this moment, sitting across from you on this podcast, which makes me very, very happy. So all the mistakes that I've made have led this led me up to this moment right now. Yeah. And I will do them again. Yeah. Okay? It's not the mistakes that you make. You're going to make tons of them. You know, I learned this a long time ago from my beautiful father that is, I love so much and speak to on a regular basis. He says, Sean, it, it, it is not whether you fail or not, okay? Because you will fail over and over and over again. It's when you say, Okay, I quit. Yeah. That's when it's over. Yeah. You know, and I see this a lot, even when people, you know, one of my, you know, one of my fears are, because I've reached a point in my life, Dallas, where it's no longer about money, which means this. If I decided to walk away from what I do right now, I'll be okay. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm wealthy, whatever you consider, but I'll be okay. I don't yeah, you can, anymore. you can yeah. function. Yeah, you're good. Okay. But um, what I fear sometimes is, is contribution to our society. Right. When I'm no longer contributing, um, I will start to wither away. I see people that retire all the time, yeah. and then they just slowly die, right? And that's the way our universe usually works with people, yeah. right? And I don't want to do that. I want to yeah. create a life of abundance, a life of meaning and purpose yeah. with people, right? And I think that's so important. We're going to talk about relevance here in a little bit, and I want to get to that because you know, for me, and again, that's where the, the, the motto of this whole thing has been, you know, for me is the, the, the sand and the hourglass, because mine is, is the regret of not living every moment. But I think everybody needs to have that thing that keeps them relevant. And, and I want to get into that. But something that you just said is, is interesting, too, because I think like when you look at life and you look at, I mean, obviously, you know, going through childhood, you got to go through that. you got to go through your teenage years. And even when you think about it, I mean, I don't know. We, we mentioned this the other night on, on one of our shows. I think, I mean, I don't know what it is. It, it, your brain's what? Like, I, I think for for men, it's like 22, 24 before our brains are even fully developed. That's correct. And you're, I mean, and especially for men, like we're pretty stupid right up to 30. True. Right? Women so, are a little bit quicker. To you, they are. Men yeah. Practice. So, I mean, you think about it from like, so so up to 20, you're just, you're still a teenager. From 20 to 25, we're still developing. From 25 to 30, right. you're still pretty dumb. Yep. You know, and then so from 30, you're just kind of trying to figure out some of this adulting shit. There you go. So you can almost look at 40 is when it kind of is just starting. Yep. And, and so even if you look at your career, say, now, of course, I agree with you when you go back, you wouldn't do anything differently mm-hmm. because you, like, it got you to where you are and those lessons learned. But if you actually put yourself where, if you could take Sean Jones today and put him back in that 17 year old yeah. body, 
you would do things differently because you've already, now you know those lessons. So yeah. you wouldn't have to go through. So imagine the empire you could build yeah. putting you back into that body now. Yeah. So the thing is you, you wouldn't want to change it if it would change the outcome of where you are now. But if you could go back, you would change it because you already have that knowledge, right? So you have to gain that. So I think when you really look at it is 35, 40 is almost when it just is starting because you have to learn those lessons up to the point you get to learn. So I knew we were going to kind of talk about this. I want to be honest with you. Um, I just printed a couple off here. Stan Lee um, created the Fantastic Four just before his 40th birthday, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he had got into it his yep. whole life, but it really got big um, at 40. Vera Wang didn't enter the fashion industry until she was 40. Martha Stewart wrote her first cookbook at 41. Donald Fisher opened the gap with no retail experience when he was 40. Um, Sam Walton opened his first Walmart at 44. Yep. Uh, Henry Ford created the Model T at age 45. Mm -hmm. Roddy Dangerfield didn't catch his big break until he was 46. Yep. Um, nobody knew who Betty White was really until the Mary Tyler Moore show and she was 51. Uh, Ray Kroc built McDonald's into the world's biggest food franchise. Um, he was 51 at the time. And of course we know about Harlan Sanders. Um, the Colonel was 62 mm -hmm. when he uh, finally franchised his KFC recipe. So all people, big names, and that, that list goes on for hours yep. of people who were 40s, 50s, 60s. So know. I just, you know what, I mean, and there's so many actors. Oh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg and all yeah. those other guys that were just like that. There's so many. So really what it comes down to is when somebody makes the decision in Dallas that they actually really want to do something. I always tell people this, okay? Um, at some point in time in your life, you will have these feelings and these thoughts in your head. Okay, I'm ready to start adulting. Yeah. And I promise you, if you haven't had it, or maybe you've already had it, you need to get it again. I promise you, and this is what I always tell people, I hope when that happens, I hope you're in our business. Yeah. That's what I always tell and people. that's it, right? Because this is the greatest business in the world. It is. Um, and I've seen a lot of them. I've been involved in a lot of them. Because it, what I love about our business is it's wrapped in everything. Yeah. It's a family environment. It's a you get what you do, put into an environment. It's a the more people you help, the more successful you become environment, yeah. right? Well, you get what you deserve. Yes. I mean, that's what the thing is. If, if you don't work, you don't deserve to get paid. And, and, and if you do work, you deserve to get paid. So, you know, I've always gotten exactly what I've deserved from this business. And that's the most beautiful thing about it, right? So you literally get what you deserve in it. That's the biggest thing about it. That, that's, that's huge is, is it, it'll give you exactly what you, what you give to it, which is, you know, which is amazing. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a, you know, that's a good thing. So I, I think when you look at it, you know, one of my favorite quotes to kind of close this topic off, um, ever was from, from Abe, hold on as Abe was, um, if I was given 45 minutes or an hour to cut down a tree, yeah, I would spend 45 minutes sharpening the ax. Yeah. I've always loved that, you know, yeah. my, from the minute I heard it. And you almost got to look at your life. If you're in that, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, you know, age group of life, look at it from that perspective and look at it as like, that's your life. Even and you've, spent, you've been sharpening that axe and, and now it's sharp and now, now go do something with it. Yeah. Now you have that axe, it's yeah. sharp and you've got your life lessons, you've, you've learned your lessons, you, you've kind of figured out a little bit of what to do. You had to do that to get to this point. Now you're at whatever age you're at, you have those lessons, now don't waste it. Right. right? Now go do something with it. Go get yourself connected to something like Rainbow, to a good business, 
throw yourself into it, and now actually go do something with that setback. Go one step further, Dallas. Now, here's the because here's the big question. Because the problem is people go, all right, and they're listening to you on this podcast, or they're, they're listening to us, right? And they're going, okay, I got you. I'm motivated. I'm excited. I'm ready to roll. Then what happens? They're excited and they're ready to go. But then what happens is as they start going out, going to work, that inner voice creeps in again. Ah, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not going to work. Oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You see what I mean? See, this is why I always ask this question. Why are some people successful and some people not? Because here's what happens. It's easy to get motivated. And it's easy to start going to work, right? Because especially when you go to a meeting, you know when you go to our big world meeting, yeah. You leave there, you're oh, fired up. I'm going to take the world out, yeah. right? You go out and you start doing some things. Oh. But then six months later, shit, three months later, sometimes. three months later, it kicks back. And you ever notice it's the same in everything? It's like going to the gym. When you first start exercising, you start eating healthy. You're all gut home, you're excited. That's why January 1st, the gyms are packed. Oh, yeah. Fat people, right? yeah. They're all in there working That's out. That's your New Year's resolution. Right? New Year's resolution. But three months later, you can blow a cannon off. Yeah. Nobody's in there. Exactly. What happened? Well, what happened was yeah. they lost that inner voice started getting in again. So the thing that you're saying is so important is everybody gets fired up. They, they could chuck you the axe. But here's what happens. That inner voice that says, but, but what if I try... And it doesn't work. Or what? But what if did I do this? What if I go to the demo and they don't buy it? What if they buy it and they cancel? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And what if this happens? So you you start playing this game in your mind called the what if game. Yeah. And what I always tell people is I said, look, what if you left your house and got hit by a bus? Right. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Stop playing the what if game. So who cares exactly? Yeah. Yeah. So you are a thousand percent correct because really, when this all comes down to it, the only thing that's stopping you is you. Is you. Yeah. That's it. Well, and that's why I, I mean, and and you know, actually, from what you just said too, is, is kind of how this podcast came about because like I've never been a, a big fan of of motivation. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, I mean, it has a place. Mm -hmm. I, I listen to motivation for sure. When I need to get like, if I'm having a shitty day or yep. just something, and I need to get brought out of that yep. for a moment of burst, yep. great. And motivation yep. can make you feel good. Again, our world meetings are inspiring and motivating. There's a place in my heart for it. But it doesn't do anything for you long term, mm -hmm. and you know. So for me, teaching and learning is is more what I, I like. So even when I go to like our big Rexer events, and I mean, there's nothing like a rainbow world meeting, man. Mm -hmm. When you walk up to that, I mean, the hotel, the conference center is pulsing. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it, it has a heartbeat. Like you can feel it, yeah. right? And when you walk in there, it's just like my, I just got goosebumps just now. Just yeah. I can't wait. Um, but it's like I love the mix of the teaching. And the motivating because I wouldn't be as excited to go if it was all just motivation, right? I I don't go to just motivational things. I go to a combination of both. Mm -hmm. So for me, and that's what it was with this, is people were like, I, I was unintentionally being like a motivator. And I didn't want to be a motivator. I was trying to teach people. And they're like, yeah, but dumbass, we can't like, yeah, we hear you. But then it's like, we can't go back, we forget it. We can't go back and, and, and listen to it again. So you're not teaching us anything. So when I was doing these workshops for years and with our, you know, I think I started these four years ago and everyone's like, yeah, it's all great. Yeah, we get pumped up for an hour and then we can never hear it again, so it's gone. And they're like, you need to like record these. 
and people were like recording me on their phones and all this shit like that. And then, you know, I was just being lazy and then finally I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I tried to record a few on Zooms and shit like that. And I think they're out there on our Facebook group somewhere, you know? And then finally I'm like, okay. And people were like, everybody was coming up and like, man, record this shit. And finally I'm like, okay, well, I'll make a podcast, I'll make a library, we'll do it this way and, and I'll do it in a thing. And then we decided to get public with it. But it was like making that library where now people can go back and listen to it again and again and again because it's a teaching and it's a message, right? Yes. And you can continue to learn it. And, and that's why I think it's, a, it's an important thing because like you said, if you get that motivation burst and then it, it dies and it goes away, but you have to have that continuing thing. We were talking yesterday about even the weight loss thing, right? And it's just like, yeah, it's great. You just mentioned the gym, but it's even, even your diet plan. You need that lifestyle change because if you just go on a, on a burst of like, okay, I'm going to do this and you motivate yourself for a couple of months and you lose some weight, then you just give up and go back, you know? And that's what that motivation versus the teaching and the learning a new way of doing it. And I think that's where it's an important you know thing to go. So where I want to dive into that topic, because this is actually something, Sean, that there's not a lot of things, honestly, that really baffle me. And this is something that really does. And, and I think that, you know, this is something I really want to talk to you about because to me, I always talk about, you know, I always focus on trying to get people from that 98% to that 2%. But in my head, it's like, okay, now you're the 2%, you're there. Okay. But kind of what we're just talking about in that whole type of thing is like, what baffles me is that people can get to the 2%. And then they can actually fall back to the 98%. Sure. And you can actually do the, I mean, you know, and programming can, I mean, I understand programming obviously very clearly. So I understand that like, there's always that pull, like you talked about the two voices, they never go away. But what baffles me is that you can fight that programming all the way through and then allow it to pull you back. And yep. how I want to, I guess, bring that down is you don't accidentally, for the most part, become a, a distributor. Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline. You work hard to get there. It's a lot of, you know, hours. It's, you know, sacrifices to get to that point. I fully understand why, you know, I mean, it, it takes people to get there. But what's always kind of happening is there's a stat out there that 30% of people who get to that, that level mm -hmm. and who fight and sacrifice and make the level to get there will actually fail. Mm -hmm. So 30% of people that fight through the 98% mentality, get to the 2%, make it there. Mm -hmm. And then 30% of those people will actually fail. Mm -hmm. Now, I think you'll agree with me or maybe I'll agree with you or whatever else. I'm pretty sure that out of that 30%, in almost all cases, that the main reason for that would be that they stop doing what got them there. I think that's probably in every scenario what happens. But that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Like what the hell? Because see, like that doesn't that doesn't live in me, Sean. Yeah. Right. So, what the hell happens to somebody who, in when you hear some of the the stories of what these people go through to get to that level, how do you fail? Yeah. So, what goes through people's minds? And I mean, you've obviously seen, and it's funny because Jay's organization we've opened ten, mm -hmm. we have seven. Thirty percent. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, like, what happens? Like, what do you think that happens? Well, it's interesting. In all statistics, by the way, ninety percent of businesses fail within five years. Exactly. Okay? Those are statistics. Okay. When you talk about any type of business, but he, he, again, here goes to the big question because you, you were asking a very, very important question that I thought about a lot. And being in direct sales again, 
I think it's 28 years now that I've been in this industry that um, here's what I found, okay? What I find is, I'm gonna repeat myself because you've heard me say this before, but this is so important. It's all understanding and control your thoughts. Because what happens is usually the decisions that you make, which means you have thoughts, and all of a sudden you have thoughts which determine your decisions. And your decisions determine your actions. And your actions determine your life. Okay? And there's a great another great book out there um, that I'll think of in a second that I read that explains this in better detail than I'm explaining it. But what happens is, is all it, it's your perception. It starts with all of your thoughts and what you're doing. So I, I want to give people a little bit of insight on this, okay? Because here's what I realized in my life, and this is what I've done. Again, all I've tried to do is copy-paste people, okay? I use this analogy all the time, Dallas. Let's say I'm the best cake maker in the world. Like, literally, Sean Jones makes the best cake in the entire universe. And let's say you want to make the same type of cake. It's no secret. What's the best thing for you to do? Copy your recipe. Exactly. Ingredient by That's all you're going to do. Ingredient. Exactly. Piece by piece. So if you came to me, and I have no idea how to make cake, but you came to me and said, Sean, I heard you're the best cake maker in the world. How do I do this? And I said, okay, Dallas, use one stick of butter, four cups of milk, six cups of flour. Again, I have no idea. Six cups of flour, yeah. four eggs, whatever it is. And then you go, okay. So you go out and you grab one stick of butter, and then you go, or I use Instead substitute four cups of milk, I'm going to use uh, almond milk. Yeah. Okay, you completely screwed up the whole ingredient, and you're not going to get the same thing. So what I realized is, in life, Dallas, it's, here's what I always say, is it's not that our business is hard, it's that our life is hard. Because what happens is, our business is simple. You put water in a machine, you explain it, you explain how the, the water gets dirty, you educate the customer on that, and then you ask them to buy it. Yeah. And you do it every three times somebody's gonna keep it. Yeah. Okay, that, that's how simple this is. I'm not kidding. I know. And that's, okay, so yeah. the question is, what stops people? And then if you do that and then recruit people along the way, you will have success. It's guaranteed. So what stops people? Well, it's life. What happens is something stops them from going on those demos, putting water in it, showing them how the water gets dirty and explaining it, or they're negative or whatever. It's life. So here's what I tell people. I tell people this. You've got to be very careful. You have to control your thoughts. You have to control your thoughts, which again, controls your decisions, which controls your actions, which controls your outcome. So if you can control your thoughts on a daily basis, you will be okay. Now, let me go one, one more deeper than that. What clouds your thoughts? Which means, what's gonna cloud your thoughts and your decisions, Dallas, on a daily basis? Which means, if you're out there and you're thinking correctly, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. What will stop you? What would screw up your thoughts and stop you from thinking properly? What kind of things would stop that, do you think? I know there's multiple, but yeah. there's, there's three basic things that will screw up your thinking, that, 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 that makes you make bad decisions. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you one example. There is one thing, one feeling, that you would actually die for and kill. 
Did you know what I just said? You would die for this one feeling, and you would also kill somebody for it. The word is love, which means this. When you love, do you have kids? Do you have a child, a son? Yeah. Would you die for him? Yes. Okay. See, how quick did it take you to, it was a split second. Right. Okay? If, if his life was threatened by another human being, would you kill him? Yes. Okay, so that is two complete opposite things. That's how powerful that force is. Right. So, when somebody's relationship is screwed up in their life, which means their husband, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their wife, whatever it is, if they're fighting with their spouse or whatever, they're pulling, your decisions will be made wrong. Right. Because you can't think clearly. Correct. A second thing. Alcohol and drugs. Okay? I'm telling you, alcohol and drugs. If you, it's because life's about moderation. Okay? I quit drinking many years ago in 2007, however many years ago that was. I realized, somebody taught me this a long time ago, Dallas, that if you can control your thoughts and your decisions and your actions, that will happen in your outcome. So I realized in my life, it's not that I was waking up every day swinging vodka. I just realized the path I was going was not going to be a good one. Yeah. And my family history isn't very strong. Yeah. I quit drinking. I didn't go to AA. I didn't do it. I just completely quit. Yeah. Okay? And, and I fell off the wagon once, three months later. That's a funny story. I'll tell you another time. Okay. But after that, never. Not yeah. even a drop. Okay? I can't do it. I'm too scared now. I never got involved in drugs. Why? Because I knew I loved it. <laughs> yeah. so, so you understand you know your limitations you know your yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's a relationships drugs and alcohol and then here's a third one that will screw your decisions money right which means um, you can't think straight because you've got to find a way to pay bills I literally had people say that to me I can't come to work show today why not i got to find a way to pay my bills I'm like that's an oxymoron you know and we've heard that and it, honestly from dealers and it's just like I mean, so Dallas, yeah. think about this. Why does this happen in our business? Do you want to know why? Mm-hmm. And here's why people don't make it in our business. It's very simple. And here's my analogy on this whole process. It's all how we are raised. Think about this. We are most most of us are raised to get an education, go to college, go there for four years, get a job at a company, uh, collect a pension, or whatever you guys call it here in Canada, retire. Yeah, same thing. Well, that has that job has not existed since the early nineties, by the way. Yeah. But see, we are trained by our parents, who've been trained by our parents, who've been trained by our parents. Exactly. And usually, it's monkey see, monkey do. Usually. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is most people get trained the way. Now think about this. This starts from a very young age. When you are a very young age in school, you get A, B, C, D, or what? F. F. Well, why is it F? What is F stand? Fail. Okay, what, is, what does A stand for? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Excellent. Excellent. Was it A, right? B. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> B. Yeah. C. Coverage. I don't know. Yeah. You see, but we all know what F stands for. So from a very early age, you have actually been programmed to be afraid of failing. I got many Fs in my high school career, my grade school career. And I remember my dad saying, What do you want to do? Are you stupid? What do you want to pump gas for a living? So that feeling of failing has been boiling inside me that it's bad. So what happens is when you have a chance of failing, you do everything to stay away from it because you remember the feeling. 
Yeah. But in order to succeed, Dallas, don't we have to fail? Of course. Yeah. When your kid was first learning to walk, did he just get up and start walking or did he fall? He fell. So he failed. Yeah. At any point in time, did you decide, you know what, you keep falling, you're not going to get this, I'm yeah. just going to put you in a wheelchair. Give up on his walking thing. Of course not. Yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but it's the yeah, same sure. thing. Yeah. In our business, most people fail simply because there's somebody not telling them what to do every day, yeah. which is what most people need to have. Yeah. That's just like college. Okay, my daughter just finished her first year in college, and it's brilliant. My wife is really a lot of credit to this. My daughter, her first semester, got a 4.0. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. She's so brilliant. It's not that she's brilliant. My wife has trained her to make her own decisions when it comes to her education from a very early age. Yeah. Okay, we, and I remember when my daughter was growing up in high school, I'm like, what kind of grades is she getting? My wife goes, I don't know. Like, how do you not know? She can look up online, but she never did. Why? Because she trained our daughter well enough to understand and make her own decisions. You see, because most people are trained in school to sit down, memorize things, shut up, listen, and this is what you do over and over. This is how we train the kids. Yeah. Now, my daughter, fortunately, my daughter, we put her in a different area. So we train. It'll be interesting to watch my daughter's outcome. Of See how it all turns out. Yeah. But I think um, in episode, I think it was three, I, I did a whole thing on, on education. And that F thing was actually really cool. Because yeah. it wouldn't fit in. I never even thought of it from that perspective. But it talks about how the school system programs you right up. Yes. Through, and, and, you know, your job is an exact, is an exact replica of, of you know, your school system and the programming and all that stuff too. So, and that F thing is exactly right. Cause yeah, I mean, what does, you know, A, B, C stand for and, and those things as well, which is, uh, which is huge obviously, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. And so that's, and, and that's all interesting stuff. And I mean, and you're right, it's, it's programming the correct way. We had a dealer like literally now, like the other day, this was a, this was a couple of weeks ago who says to us just on that, you know, cause you brought that up. It was funny. Cause he goes, I gotta go. We asked him if he could go to a demo. He's like, I can't. I'm like, why? He's like, I, I, I go, I'm, I'm out looking for a job. I'm like, I just, I just offered you a job. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but I, I got to make it. I got to make a paycheck. Yeah. I'm like, I just offered you a paycheck. He's like, yeah, but I, I'm like, yeah, but I got to make money right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, but like, I, you go on a demo to make money, today, but yeah, I don't, you're, but I wouldn't get that. I wouldn't get paid for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm like, but what job? Like, if you get a job today and they hire you today and you start today, you're not going to get a paycheck for a couple of weeks. It's the same, but it's a, it's, a, it's that mentality, that program. And you know, we, I, my role, I guess, in revival, is trying to change people's program. Mm-hmm. Is, is is probably what I spend most of my yeah. time and my days doing through this pro, pro through this podcast. Change, through, change your thoughts. To, is, is trying to get people from that out of that mentality, and it's just like when people start thinking like a dumbass, they come to me for that kick yep. in the ass to try to get them to, you know, and it's just, it's just, whether it's our distributors, whether it's our leaders, whether it's our dealers, whether it's ready people, it's just, that just kind of became a big chunk of what I do on a daily basis is, is just trying to change that, that programming. And, and only from the fact that like, and I don't know if you've heard me say that before I've said it on here quite a bit, but like when I first started this business, Sean, just to give you an idea of where I was at, is I got no bullshit pissed off at Jaylene for doing an open house mm-hmm. because she was telling people about this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I wanted it all for myself. To give you an example of how, neg- like where my mindset was, that I like 
I still probably haven't met a me yet for from how far in that direction I was. I was like, I was freaking out. I'm like, you're freaking telling people about this shot up. Like I was like, take the signs down, like close the drapes, like shut up, like I, like don't tell anybody. Like I wanted to, I, in my head, I'm gonna sell to the whole country. So that's where that's where I was at to where I got. So, but I mean, you know, that's the that's the crazy part about it. So. So going back to the, to the to the thing, let me ask you a question. So, and, and that all makes sense and I 100% agree with you. Now, how much of it, because you've seen this, take me through two area distributors, I don't care if they're in the same organization, the same country, the same whatever. Same qualifications to get to where they are, they get there. Mm-hmm. You walk into one that's selling 50, mm-hmm. 60, 75, 100, promotes satellite RD career just blooms. The other one struggles, 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 struggles. Take the scenarios you just set out of it. Say there's a little bit of that in there. Mm-hmm. Work ethic wise, what are the fundamental differences between those two people? Mm-hmm. Well, it's gonna probably not today, I would say. You know, um, because there's gotta be a there's gotta be a and I know we've seen this and sometimes too, there almost becomes a, there's a couple of things that I've seen. Almost there becomes of like, I've made it in time. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah, which sucks sometimes too. Also, and, and I'll admit it, if I'm going to be completely honest, on, I went through this a little bit yeah. when I was an AD, um, where I saw more money than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I went into a comfort zone. When I saw more money than I ever saw in my life, I just figured like, well, I'll never even need that much money before. So I was just good. Like I, I almost lost that drive to want to continue for a little bit. And I went through probably a three or four month phase where I just like, I'm good, man. And Mark Ryerson actually, mm-hmm. uh, on a higher level than where I was at at that moment, but Mark Ryerson made his first million yeah. and did this, he took a, what, I mean, shit, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know, it wasn't a year yeah. off. Yeah. And just kind of went like, I don't really have any, like his goal is to make a million, he made a million. And he just kind of went, no, I'm good. You know what? And that's a normal thing, by the way. I yeah. remember when I was saving up and I bought my dream car, a Corvette, 2016, drove it on the showroom, got it home, parked it, and went, huh? That, that was, was fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so where, where, so, yeah, so explain the distributor that keeps going okay. versus yeah. the one that just, Flatlines and stays there because there's distributors in this business, Sean, that I've never heard of that have been in the business for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Here, this is very simple. One has goals, okay? The other one has thresholds. Okay. Now, what do I mean by that? A lot of people say, well, my goal is to, let's say, sell 100. Then get to 100, and then they're like, oh, okay. Just the same analogy that I had when I, my dream was to buy the Corvette. I bought it, but Oh, okay, well, that was fun. I realized that was like really stupid, okay? It was just, I don't know, it was interesting to me. It was a learning lesson. I'm glad I had a learning lesson. I had the car for two years and sold it because I was bored. Anyways, um, I think I see distributors, and there's other distributors, like let's use Jamie as an example. When I first met with you guys uh, a couple years ago, I knew instantly you were great, taking great students. You want to know why? Because your purpose was different than most people. It wasn't the money. It wasn't, I want to sell 300 or 400 or 500. That's a byproduct of what you're doing. Okay? Successful people have thresholds. Okay? Which means every time they reach something, I'm not saying they don't have goals. There's many goals and thresholds. 
But every time they reach it, they continue going. They continue going. Okay? I told you, if you remember, when I was 18, 19 years old, however I, I read the book, I knew what I wanted to do in my life, travel the world and change people's lives. That's what I wanted to do. And I knew that by doing that, I would end up ultimately with the money and whatever it is that comes along with that. Because I knew that. You help and others get what they well, want, you well, want them to get what yeah, you want. Yeah. Because think about that. There is no position in this world when you help others become successful. There is no place where you will not become successful. It doesn't exist. Okay? Just my opinion. But anyways, so I think what happens is a lot of people, when they don't have the right goals, quote-unquote, thresholds, um, they, they're, or their purposes aren't correct, you and Jaylene have a different purpose now. Okay, and this is what attracted me to you guys, which means our purposes align together, which means you're not in this with money, the money is just a byproduct, right? Yeah. The purpose became, okay, I want to help change people's lives because somebody did it for me, okay? And so I would say that's one of the top three or five things, the differences between those two people. JD, our... Uh, one of our area distributors on the island, we did a kind of a funny late night war room here the other night, uh, just a question and answer thing quickly. And he asked me an interesting question that no one had really asked us in a long time. And he said, when is the moment for me and Jaylene where we say we've made it? Like, when's that bar for us where we say, no, when he asked me, When's, when's the moment for you and Jaylene when you guys will oh, say, you guys, okay. we made it. When will me and Jaylene be like, okay, we've arrived. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, never. Like it's, it, it's never, and it was kind of that same thing that you said, because it's like, we, and we, me and Jaylene have had that conversation. Like we'll never, like, and I don't want to say this in an, it's not in an empty feel. Like we'll never feel, I don't want to say fulfilled, like it's because it, we're fulfilled, but it's like, we'll never be done. Because it's it's just it's always that thing. I mean, I think we got that. I mean, from Chris and Vicky in a way too. It was you know just learning from them a, a lot you know years ago. But it was, it's just that thing for us. That's like like you said. It's just there's always going to be like you know there was a goal to hit a hundred, mm-hmm. and then there was a goal to hit two hundred, mm-hmm. and then there was a goal to hit three hundred. Now there's yeah now it's five. Then it's going to be seven fifty. Then it's going to be a thousand. And it's just gonna and it's just gonna always be. Because it, it's like your boards that you just gave us, yeah. right? We had a distributor organization that was like, he's keeping his goals so low because he wants to see the green every day. And I don't ever want to see the green. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, I never want to see the green yeah. because I don't ever want to hit the goal because my goal always wants to be higher. So like, I, I push it so high because it's just like, because the red's going to keep me pushing every day yeah. to go higher. And it's going to keep me on my people and keep my but people see, and it's just gonna, you know, and it's like, so for me, it's always like- It's your perception. Of right. Is the glass half empty or is it half full? Exactly. It's all your perception on right. doing things. So and we look at the same way. Right. Now the root of this, by the way, and again, this is where I love these discussions. Why do you and I think the way we think and other people think the way they think? See, this is where the big question lies. This is where I always try to go down that rabbit hole. Right. That's why I started studying the brain, by the way. Yeah. And, and, and I started realizing why do some people, like I have anxiety, you know, yeah. and I wanted to know what the reason was. And then yeah. come to find out it's hereditary. It's in the, when it goes back to millions of years of evolution and the, the time of my ancestors were, were, you know, watching out for being hunted. And 
it's in our brain. It's a mechanism. That's the amygdala. Anyways, that's yeah. a whole other story. But the big question that I that I want to ask here is, why do you and I think this way, Dallas, and other people don't? You know, and 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 I ask the same things too. I mean, and I um, obviously you probably dove into it anywhere near as much as you have. But for me, it was like what I know of of it from my perspective. For me. In myself, I know it was ego to a certain extent, because for me, it was like, there was a situation where it was like wanting recognition. I'll, I'll go, I'll go this way with it for, for myself personally. Maybe this is like my personality type. There was a time in my life where I would have, pre- I would have preferred recognition even if I maybe didn't earn, I would have, I would have preferred you to, uh, like, so say for example, the 24 gold demo lamp. Mm-hmm. The first time I got my 24 gold demo lamp. Yeah. It pissed me off because it was my worst month in rainbow. We get it for 24 demos. I sold six rainbows that month. I wanted to sell 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Sold six. Yeah. So I took this thing in the house and it said 24 on it. Didn't say 24 demos, it said 24. You know what I used to tell people? It was for 24 sales in a month, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I used to tell people that, yeah. and I used to be okay with telling people yeah. that because of ego, okay? So I'd walk into the house and they'd be like, you know, and they mentioned the gold demo lamp, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I said 24? Like that's for 24 sales in a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would be okay with telling people that. Mm-hmm. Knowing demo at that point, I'd never sold 24 rainbows in a month, yeah. okay? So today, not a chance in hell. Right. Right. You know how many times I sold as a distributor sales in the nineties mm-hmm. where I could have easily slipped in another CRF and, and hit a hundred, mm-hmm. but there's no way I was going to do that because I, I know that I did hit up. So where's that moment between, there you go. where's that moment between, I want you to think that I could have made that this copy and add put this on here yep. for you to think, Oh, Dallas Ramey, number one podcast on the on earth versus earning where does that so for me it was an ego thing and for me there was a lot of self-development and I, I can't tell you when that moment switched or what clicked i just know it was through tens of thousands of dollars of self-development a lot of learning a lot of reading a lot of changing a lot of soul searching a lot of stuff inside myself to go from the point and, and having that pride inside of myself so i think there's a difference between Wanting to see the board green every day and just having that comfort zone on that and just wanting to feel like that's successful versus being okay and seeing that red every day. Because some people look at their green and see success, see look at their red and see failure. But I see it differently now. And I would have been that guy a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, no, I want to see it green because green means it's okay. No, no, mm-hmm. right? I want to grow. And I, and I, it's, it's, I, want to, I don't care what I visually I see today. What matters is at the end of the road what, what comes out of it, right? So... Yeah, that's funny because essentially what you're doing is again you're becoming a better version of yourself. Exactly, and that's what you want to do. So that's where it was for me. I don't know if that's the same for all people. Well, I, you know? I think generally it is, but I, I want to challenge you one more way. Okay, and this is something that I've done that is phenomenal. Try to do something, okay, that's good for somebody else, and nobody knows it but yeah. you. I'm gonna repeat that. Try to do something for somebody else, okay, that's completely amazing good, and nobody else knows, and you never tell anybody, nobody knows, but you. 
And you're 100% right on that too, because there was also times too where, again, same thing, old Dallas, right, would do something. And it wasn't even like do something. So for example, I would go out and give somebody 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. And then run around and tell everybody to give them a hundred. Yes, exactly. Go even worse. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and and that. But like, and even now too, there's been tons of times that you know over the last few years, probably probably the last five that yeah we've donated and, and now, tons and of stuff I also want you without to that side of it, right? For sure. Yeah. I want you to yeah. Because you and Jay right now are literally evolving right in front of my eyes, which I love that you guys even allowed me to be part of this. Event involvement in your life and thank you because it makes me become a better version of you too. Um, but what is so phenomenal is that you guys consistently grow and want to help other people grow. And what I want you guys to really understand and the listeners on here to understand is it's okay that you've screwed up. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay that you've been doing everything wrong. It's okay that you've, you, you owe people money right now. It's okay that you've screwed up. It's okay that you haven't made the right decisions or whatever. It's okay. Because once you're okay with it, then you can not be okay with it. Yeah. Because then you start moving forward. So, and that's essentially what, what you guys have done you have evolved because people like you amaze me, and here's why. Someday when I play, think about this: Oprah Winfrey, yeah. billions of dollars, right? Has all yeah. the money in the world. How do you wake up every day and be motivated to do something when you have people serving you, giving you everything? Jeez. You didn't even have to get out of bed yeah. if you didn't want to, right? But yet she wakes up every every day to try to make this world a better place. Yeah. And that's what you guys are doing. And I want you to understand, it's okay to screw up. What's not okay is to continue screwing up. Yeah. There's no longer, when you finally say enough's enough and no more excuses, because yeah. excuses are nothing but signs of fear, by the way. Right. Okay? Yeah. And I hear you said that in one of your podcasts, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Yeah. That it, it's just a false thing you put in your head. It, you have to start making the right decisions in your life to start moving forward. But in order to do that, you have to take one day at a time. Yeah. And people, you know, even for me, like I told you, I quit drinking. You know how I quit drinking? I didn't have one yesterday. <laughs> That's how I quit. And I know I'm just one drink away from screwing up. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I say that, but I'm past that. But I still struggle with it. I love yeah. to. Yeah. And I'm not saying people that have drinks and stuff like that. I'm just saying life's about moderation. Yeah. But good for you guys and for you because I love your story and hearing your story where yeah. you've come. But what amazes me because I almost wanted to flip the podcast around, but I can't do that. Because people like you amaze me because you keep bettering yourself and continue to better yourself. And Jamie continues to yeah. better yourself. And ask people and, and, and ask people how I can get better with reading books listening to these podcasts that's how you do it so and well and, and you have to i mean and you have to you know and, and we appreciate you know i appreciate you saying that and i mean you know you've been a big part of that as well and i mean you have to put people you know in your life to be able to do that as well you have to surround yourself with the same thing we have to surround ourselves with the same type of people and i mean 
you know, when you came to us, even, you know, we weren't in a great spot. We weren't in a great spot in this, in this business, in this organization, in terms of, you know, just where our mentality was. And I mean, I remember I told you one day, and I mean, I seen the look on your face when I said it to you. I mean, Jaylene was almost at that point where we were both almost ready just to be at that point where we're saying we were the same way. We can walk away. We could be done with this and just, you know, have our inside selling 40, 30 and, and just not doing anything. Be off the radar and live our lives and just be good, and you know? And by the way, you know, Jay, I want to make one point something out. Yeah. Some people, a lot of people are listening to this. If that's what someone, if that's what makes somebody happy. Oh, then for I'm sure. Happy. Yeah. But yeah. I knew from talking to you guys in your vision. It wouldn't have looked, yeah. That's not yeah. what happens. And, it, and, it, and it, we were, you know, I mean, there was a lot of things, you know, with, with being stuck, the situations we were in. But yeah, it definitely wasn't what we were looking for. It was almost like what was the last alternative, right? And you came in and inspired us to do different things, inspired us to run new programs, new things, did a lot of cleanup, put a lot of relationships back together, and and again, really inspired us with leadership and different things. And I mean, you know, and, and pulled us all back together. So, I mean, a lot of this train rolling the way it is has to do with you, you know, being in here. And I mean, without you coming here and Rex there putting you into this spot, and I mean, this doesn't look the way it does, you know, without that. So it's the same thing for us too. I mean, we have to have the right people in place for this to work as well. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about Rex Aaron, about even, you know, Momir is the president and stuff. And it's just putting, he, he's obviously a smart man. He looks around, okay, we got to move things around a little bit so things start to kind of jive and make sense. So, you know, it, it works, it has to function at all levels, you know, and, and that's what's, what's great about it. And I mean, our, this region has never been, in a better spot than since I've been in this business and you know and it's going to, to do big things too so you have to at whatever level you're at you know and I'm sure it's the same for you at the, you yeah. know, I mean you you know no matter where you're at all the way across you know you have to put yourself in those situations to be able to so you know what, succeed what inspires you like what why are you doing what you guys are doing for me I mean for me and Julie, it's the same things and the same it's the same things it's the, it's the fact of you know, it's, it's like you said, it's like, I, for me, I, I have a goal inside because again, for me, it's, it's the stories of, I'll never, I will never, ever stop remembering the feeling of my son coming up to me and saying, daddy, turn on the stove, I'm cold. The feelings of the stress of the money and the stress and the pressure of not being able to pay my bills, the phone ringing and, and getting the chill of like, which bill collector is that? The, the, the stress of like, watching the sand piss out of that glass and, and, you know, and just wondering, is this not my life? And just, and just that, that helpless feeling the, the, of, of just the bars and the chains of like, this life is fading away and I'm stuck in this job and I'm stuck in this thing and like wanting out but having no thing and, and just coming to the realization. And it was a realization for me that this is my life, that I'm st- stuck in this job every day and I'm going to be broke for the rest of my life and there's no other way and success isn't for people like me and being stuck there and having to force my mind to come to the realization that this is my life, to, to force myself to give into the programming and to force myself because if I didn't, I'd go insane. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget all the struggle the financial stress, the pressure, fighting myself, fighting my own head, the ego, the pride, the lying to myself, all the things, pretending it's okay, all the stuff, the, the late nights, the, 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 the stress, the pressure, the not sleeping, the crying over money, like all of it. 
I'll never forget that. And I know that so many people are in that. And when I know the way out of it, my goal is to help you get out of it. Okay, there is the big answer what you just said. You see, what you have to realize is what you just said is so important to me, by the way, and I'm sure to the listeners. Here's what I realized, and I'm gonna say it the way I heard it, okay? I'm not big on cursing, you're a professional person, but I'm not big on cursing, <laughs> but I do. The guy says, uh, to become successful, you have to eat shit sandwiches. Right. And I've eaten a lot of them. Right. Any great person, great person, at their craft, let's just say, like you know who I love and respect, Eminem, like mm-hmm. one of my favorite artists. His story, when you look at his life oh, story, man. it's, I mean, it, that guy eats some shit sandwiches. Yeah. A lot of them. But if it wasn't for those shit sandwiches, oh, yeah. How do you think he writes such great lyrics? Because yeah. he's writing about the shit sandwiches. His lip did his life, yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying with you. Yeah. Now my only thing, again, here's another podcast for us. My daughter hasn't eaten any shit sandwiches yet. You understand? Yeah. She's gonna have to at some point in time. Yeah. Your son, Same. maybe has your He's son. just starting to Okay. To, to spread them on. He? He's, he's 20. Yeah, he's 20. Okay. And I, I mean, really the last year and a half, he's yeah. been out on his own and, yeah. and starting. But you and I, because I've eaten some shit sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time. Yeah. I mean, if I told you some of the stories, because remember, and this is what I try to tell people when I was saying to you earlier. Remember when you and Jaylene, I remember we were sitting in the hotel together and I'm listening to your guys' story. And as you're telling me the story and the pain, struggles you guys are going through. I'm sitting there thinking, looking up to God going, okay, now I see why you gave me those problems. Quote, unquote, problems. Because I couldn't help you if I didn't eat those shit sandwiches, right? I had to go through that to to help you guys. Otherwise, I would have been a poser. 100%. Trying to explain it to you. And that's one thing, one of the greatest compliments. And I'm not great with compliments, if I, by the way, thank you for those nice things, yeah. just so you know, no, but I, I wish I could do what I did and not get recognized because it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's really strange. But anyways, um, when, when you see people take their shit sandwiches and then become something, that is what impresses me most. What scares me is like my daughter or like your, your son. Yeah. Now, I, it'll be okay, yep. but I'm interested because you don't usually see it. When you see successful kids from successful parents, because it's out there. I've oh, seen yeah. Yeah. You know, our president's kids are, are successful yeah. in their own right. But my point is, is, is um, when, when people are listening to this podcast, if you're driving to a demo or doing whatever you're doing in your life and you're like, this just sucks. This isn't what I really dreamed of. Okay. What I want you guys to understand is this. If you first really have a dream to do something in your life, the first thing you have to do is write it down and say it out loud. This is what I want to do with my life. Once you do that, the creator, God, the higher power, the universe, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. Okay? It's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, whenever you put that out in the universe, write it down and say it. I mean, specifically what you want to do in your life. The creator will start putting it in motion for you. And everything happens for a reason. Everything, Dallas. You and I sitting here right now is 
There's a purpose. This is going to lead to something that's going to open up to be better for me later. Now, whether something good, positive, or negative, you when you look at it that way, it's all perception. That's yeah. how you think. Yeah. But again, it is so exciting to hear your guys' story and to understand your story. And, and, and hearing this on a podcast is so important. Yeah. You got me hooked on your podcast. Just so you know. Well, it's good. And I appreciate that for sure. I heard something interesting the other day and it said uh, sometimes God removes certain people from your life because sometimes God can hear certain conversations that you can't. And, you know, I just remembered it. It just, it just really makes you realize like what you just said that like, yeah, you don't really know like, you know, why these things happen. And, you know, and I talked about this in a, a couple of episodes ago too about how like what you just said, I mean, just like you, you know, it all happens for a reason. We go through it. You don't understand why you're going through it, but then a little while later you realize. If you're paying attention, you do realize. And, yeah, and you're a useless leader if you haven't gone through it. If you don't understand your people, but it's the same thing when you come in and, and you came in here. I mean, and I've, I've always do the same thing. And I mean, me and you in the beginning, you know, it's just like you come in and I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of sitting there and you kind of size the guy up and you're like, okay, and you're like, is this just another one of these like corporate guys who just comes in and blah, blah, blah. I mean, not that we have really any of those in our company because yeah. I mean you guys all you know I mean everybody in Rex Air is is so good and and you know I mean come from the ground up in this industry and stuff which is great and you know I've worked in other companies where just these people come out of college and it's like they don't have the experience and so it's nice that um, our company's not like that but it's just you just you never know what you're going to get when you meet someone new and I remember just kind of sizing you up and then it, you can tell really quickly when someone knows what they know, yeah. right? And so once you understand that someone has gone through the things and they get the business, you can also kind of tell the people that really understand the field part of the business and the ones that don't. And obviously you really understand the field part of it and stuff too. So once you kind of, you know, you realize right away, okay, this is a guy I can, you know, connect with and talk to. And then, then you sit back and wait, okay, is this guy going to say what he says and I always buck you about you know kissing babies and that yeah, kind of stuff but it's like but you you know you, you get shit done and yeah. that's the thing that I really you know respect about you is the fact that you say something and then you put it in motion you get it done and that's you know one of the most honorable things yeah. that you can do is 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 back up what you say yeah. and, and that's huge so but you know again you you are that good leader because you've gone through these things yes. and there's not too many situations that we'll go through that you haven't experienced, Correct. you know, and, and so that you have to go through those things and that's what kind of helps with failure. But one of the things that's so powerful to understand is, is even in times as people come through for a certain reason, you're probably, I mean, you're going to obviously at some point be promoted, move around. You may not, we may not be working hand in hand like yeah. this together yeah. forever, yeah. you know, but I mean, people move into your life when you need them at a, for, for a season, you, you know, it. for a reason. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I know, you know, our beliefs line up in a, in a lot of ways, yes. you know, in the same thing. So uh, talk to, talk a little bit about that just before we, we, we sign off here. We're, we're we don't want to get too long on this, but talk to me about that a little bit, just about like experiences you've had with, because sometimes people like, I mean, sometimes we have people who come into our lives. We don't want to let them go. Mm -hmm. And we think they're supposed to be there forever. Yeah. And sometimes people come in and, and they're toxic people or they're not yeah. supposed, you know, and sometimes like they're not supposed to be there forever. Sometimes yeah. we do have to let them go sometimes. And sometimes there's great people that come in that we have to let go yeah. and they move out. So, yeah. you know, just, I think there's a general understanding that people, we get so emotionally attached, but yeah. sometimes there's an understanding that 
good or bad, yeah. people are there sometimes just for that season and they're there for us to learn that lesson, to yes. go through something, and then <laughs> they have to move on. Yeah. So give me some insight on that a little bit. I would tell you, it's, it's funny because this is, this is, this part is so dear to my heart because I'm going to tell you, the only way you learn this stuff is by going through it, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's the only way. I mean, I can tell you to, you know, you're blue in the face, but yeah. until you really go through it and go, gosh darn, I remember Sean talking about this. Yeah. So for the people listening, let's put ourselves there as, as we're talking about this. Put yourself, you think about the situations where people have come into your lives, good or bad, and try to relate to what we're saying to a situation where you've had people come in and out of your lives and try to connect this to what we're saying to people who've left your lives, good or bad, for the right or wrong reasons, and try to put yourself into that situation. First thing that you have to understand, that I think, what, what, in, in my spiritual studies, changed my life from 2012 or whatever it was. They really got me to understand, okay, I say they, but I really got to understand that I have my own movie. And when I say my own movie, it means my own life. You ever heard of Jordan Peterson? Oh, yeah. Jordan Peterson, I think he's a Canadian. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. One of my favorite people, I always say in the U.S., Jordan Peter Peterson for president. There you go. I love this guy because he says something that I think is so important. And he says, make sure you make your own bed first before you tell other people how to right. make their bed. 100%. And I just went, wow, that is so huge, right? So I told you this earlier. I am trying to be a better version of me for me. Okay. Now, I, most people, usually it hurts, it, not hurts, it feels weird saying that. Because you're like, Sean, you're saying it's about me. That means you're putting yourself first above everybody else. Mm, yeah, I kind of am. But if you listen, like, if you're on an airplane and the plane goes down and you have kids, they tell you the oxygen mask is coming down. Where do they tell you to be first? You first and then. Yes, because how can you help them if you're dead? 100%. Okay. So I realized at a at very a while ago that I have to really become a better version of me for me. That's why I say for them, okay? Um, so when I understand first of all, the higher power, the creator, God, whatever you call it, is okay with me. He hears that and understands that. So I say, look, I want to become a better version of me. Help me become a better version of me. And so what I have to do is, since I want to become a better version of me, is I have to understand my um, issues, my troubles, my struggles, or in the language of my spiritual study, they call it a taku, which stands for correction, which is my correction, my purpose of why I'm here, becoming a better version of me, because I'm trying to correct my faults, right? So what happens is the way the creator works, the way God works is God will put the problem in your life every day that you have to correct about you. And what God will do is God will put people in your life to emphasize your problems, struggles, situations, whatever you want to call it, to coup your correction. Mm -hmm. So God will put those people in your life. Now, it just so happened that those people have a name. What I realized is I no longer look at those person, people as a name. 
I look at them and go, what am I supposed to learn from this person? Yeah. One of the things I try to teach people, Dallas, is whatever situations happen in my life, instead of making quick decisions, which again, end up becoming creating other issues, I go through this process. You always have your three things, right? right? Pause, what a pleasure, why is this in my movie, then come from a giving place. Okay, it's four for But it's pause, which means don't don't react, because that's what Which is super important. Super important. Don't react, you pause. Then you say what a pleasure, which means you thank the universe, the creator, God, for putting that issue in your life. Okay? And then the third reason you say, here's an important one. Why is this in my movie? Which means what am I supposed to learn from this situation? What is my correction? Okay, I'm not looking at this person going, oh, that person's a jerk, that person. I used to, by the way. Yeah. Okay? And then I'd be reactive. You would do something, and I would be reactive and <laughs> yeah. say something. You're, you're toasting yeah. number one. Yeah, 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 exactly. that's, why, that's why I hate, by the way, I hate um, social media. Oh, God. Because it's like it's like where people open up on each oh, other, man. and it's like, oh, my gosh. And then it's just like a free-for-all, right? And then it creates all these problems. Yeah. Because, you know, people are look at me. Anyways, so I said, why is this in my life? What am I supposed to learn from this to become a better version of me? Then I come from a giving place. What does that mean? I do completely the opposite of what my brain is telling me to do. Because usually your brain's telling you to do something to protect you. Yeah. That's the way the brain's hardwired. It's your old brain. Right? Yeah, it's the way it's hardwired. Yeah. So what I finally realized that took me a long time is every negative person, toxic person that's put in my life, we'll call it, is put in my life for me to learn something. This is the hardest thing to do, Dallas. The hardest thing to do is to say, they're not the problem. I am. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds so harsh because it's hard for you to tell yourself that you're not perfect. Brutally. Right? Because that's what your ego tries to tell you to do, right? So, and once you realize that and try to realize at the end of the day, I'm just trying to be a better version of Sean for Sean for everybody else. That's what I'm trying to do. I don't need my ego stroke. I don't need you to tell me how great I am. I don't need any of that. You and I joke around all the time. Yeah. I've been through that. I played that. I have a friend of mine that is uh, recently said something absolutely beautiful. I love this person so much. And uh, he 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 has stage four cancer, let's just say, which is not good. By the way. No, there's no stage five. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. That's it, yeah. But this person is is fighting, winning, and doing amazing. And my mom had that passed away a couple of years ago from that, but she lived for seven years. I mean, but this person said to me, you know, Sean, I realized that in my life, it's about what I can give to other people. I used to make decisions to do things for me. Yeah. Now I do them for other people. And he says, you know what? He actually said something I didn't repeat. I, I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't. But he said something beautiful. He says, you know, Sean, I, uh, I, it's sad that it took me this type of thing that I turned to my spiritual life, God, and all this other stuff, and this thing that happened. And I should have said, wanted to say, no, and we'll say to him. Um, actually, most people go their whole life and never realize it. And it's sad, eh? And it's very sad. Because at the end of the day, Dallas, here's how I'm going to determine my life. How many people come to the party when I leave this, yeah. this world? 
that's all, and I hope and pray that God says, hey, you can see all the people that came to your party, okay? Yeah. And, and that's what I hope. Not, you know, it's not going to say, here, here no. lies Dallas, he sold yeah. 1,600,000 oh, exactly. rainbows, or he made this much money. It's going to say, here lies Dallas, beloved friend, husband, whatever, father, mentor. That's the way I determine life. There's a I'm a country. I'm a country boy at heart. Yep. And there's a country music song yep. that Tim McGraw just released here not too long ago, uh-huh. um, called "Standing Room Only." Uh-huh. Listen to it. I will. It's a hundred percent on that. It really? talks about basically. Uh, there's a line in there that talks about something about like not worrying about a certain line, but more about the line of his in his procession, and it talks about like yeah. living his life. Um, yeah. so basically at his funeral it's standing room only yeah. and it talks exactly about that oh, and it's it's a hard. powerful yeah. powerful song about that yeah. and about him getting to this age in his life where that's what matters yeah. and stuff and it's, it's it's that exactly what you were just saying you, you know which is huge no but you, you know what we're not going to talk about that <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. you know what no yeah you know no, what I'm that right. yeah you know what that yeah I, I always talked about how um I was in a very emotional person and not just emotions or a lot of things and anger and stuff. Yeah. You know what gets me is them friggin' videos where like the soldiers come home from war with the kids. Uh, oh my God. Like you want to see a blubber and disaster, yeah. man. If you don't try on those though, you're, you're, you're not human. Like there's something wrong with you. But no, I, I honestly, yeah, there's that kind of shit. That kind of shit. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There's this, this tough, yeah. You know, exterior. By but, the way, I cry but, There you go. Yeah. There's, 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 some, there's some times. There's some of it, right? It's the, you know, it's the kids and that kind of stuff. I think it's it's those those deep rooted thing. I mean, like the war, like that kind of stuff. Because yeah. to me, there's things like the courage that takes. Yeah. And people not being able to comprehend that level yeah. of like leaving your family. You know, that kind of stuff is just. You know, to me, and and even me not comprehending that level of courage and bravery and sacrifice. So to me, that type of stuff is where it really hits me to that level, right? So um, it's huge. So, but that. So what you we were saying there, and I think it's super important, is is to go back. So I, and it reminded me of something when I was going through my development, because there was a point that I almost thought it was impossible when I was going through, because I'm, again, being an emotional person, and emotions, again, not blubbering and crying, but emotions, like, very reactive. Yeah. I'm a very reactive yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay, so, temper, whatever you want to call yeah. that, like, short fuse, you know, whatever, and so for me, the pause part, there's, like, <laughs> yeah. like there's no pause. Yes. So, that was the hardest, and, and the, so, the two hardest parts for me were the pausing mm-hmm. and like calming down. Mm-hmm. I talked to quite a few episodes ago about what really helped me in that was my time I spent in the unions. Because mm-hmm. again, I was a, always a protector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated bullying, couldn't stand it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Every fight I got into in school was protecting somebody right. else. Yeah. Um, so naturally when I was, you know, I got into the union standing up for other people. And then they went like, whoa, we just got to, mm-hmm. you know, get into this. That's how I got into it. Yeah. Um, and then I would just like kick the door open and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
Jeff Kalachuk was a, a union rep for the United Steelworkers, and he took me aside one day. He's like, dude, he's like, you could be so great, but you got to calm the hell in. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, there's a process mm-hmm. for everything. We have a collective agreement, we have a process. They have two days, then you have a day, then you have it. He goes, it's a process. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't change the process. The amount of yelling and screaming and hollering raising our stuff to process. Mm-hmm. He's like, you see the guy across the road? I'm like, yeah. What's his, like, what's the opinion of him? I'm like, they're like, oh, that's always just so-and-so. He's just always yelling. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you want that reputation? I'm like, no. He's like, there's a process. Kill those guys. So the union taught me a lot of, like, there's a process. Outsmart them. Outwit them. Yep. Right? Give them that thing. So for me, it was always I would walk in. I wouldn't get angry. I wouldn't react the way they expected. There's a process. I would outsmart them. I would hit them with thing. Here's the thing. You got two days, right? And it was just always that thing. So I, I got to the point when they knew I was, I would yes, still get mad, but when they knew I was mad, they knew I was mad and there was, and okay, they would address it. So I think that taught me, even before Rainbow taught me a lot of like calming down, going to the emotions. But I remember that pausing part, like when I'm worked up and there's something, especially if it's like in a situation where there is some kind of like a defending moment, mm-hmm. that was hard. So for people to- Do you know why it's so hard, by the way? No. Okay, because it's the way your brain's wired. Yeah. What happens in your brain, whatever goes through your ears, nose, mouth, okay? Yeah. Whatever comes in goes to the emotional part of the brain first, yeah. which is not the prefrontal cortex, it's the back of the brain that comes from the brain stem. Yeah. Then what happens, it goes through the emotional part of the brain because it's trying to protect you. Yeah. So it needs to see if you need to fight, flight, or flee, right? So what it's doing is when something comes to you, it's going through your emotional part and you want to become reactive right away because your emotions going, Fight it, fight it, fight it, yeah. or run, run, whatever it's trying that to do. That definitely must be the biggest part of my brain, because holy shit. <laughs> it is? Well, no, <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's developed that way because of your ancestors. Yeah. So by the time it gets to the logic part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, you've already said or done something, and it's too late. Completely stupid. You did. Well, and I remember, too, it was funny, because I remember even going through, like, you know, I was going through my counseling and stuff, and I remember, this was years ago, I remember, like, because, I mean, there's time, and this is hilarious, like, I remember, like, you know, I even remember, like, early on with me and Jaylene, like, we get into a fight. Yeah. And, like, I knew I was right. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, like, I 100%, like, I know I'm right. There's yeah. no, like, 100%. Yeah. And a half an hour later, I'm like, I wasn't right. Yeah. And in that moment, though, there was, like, 100%. And I, you know, always consider myself to be a pretty smart, reasonable yeah, dude. Yeah. And then like, within a half an hour, I'm not, I wasn't yeah. right. I have to go back and be like, I wasn't right, <laughs> you know. But it was just so crazy because in that moment, and I, I remember being conscious of that. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, like, I, like a half an hour ago, there was like, I was, I was, I was sure, hundred percent, I was yeah. right. Yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, yeah, no, maybe it wasn't that, you know. Yeah. So and I always thought that was interesting, just that, that kind of connection. Yeah. So, so that was definitely difficult for well, me. Yeah. So, yeah. so. I challenge people who might feel that way too, that you can get through that. I still have that. There's still times where I'm like, you know, almost trying to catch the words and like yeah. put my hands over my mouth yeah. and shut myself and up. And that's, by the way, that's a very hard thing to do. Oh, jeez. I was with dealers all the time. I was with a dealer not too long ago. Yeah. I was in their demo watching them do a demo. And by the way, they did more things right than they did what I considered not to be right. Right. And so what I, I said, look, and I told them, I only have so much time with you. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, you did about 95% right. correct, and you yeah. did a great job. But this needs improved, this, this, this. And every time I would say this, they would 
like arguing, no, 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 I did this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. wait a second, why are you doing that? It's a natural reaction in your brain because right. you want to be right. Yeah. So I remember thinking that that was almost like, I remember thinking like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I can't change this, yeah. but I did it, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, so that's a huge, the other thing, and this is a quote that I came up with, um, just out of my own, just reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I say a lot to people and I truly believe the most powerful tool in the mirror in the world is the mirror. Mm-hmm. If you should choose to look into Absolutely. it. And I remember those days of, I remember, I'll never forget. And I talked about this a couple nights ago, but I remember like the first day, just, I remember the exact moment. I'll never forget it of like standing in front of the bathroom mirror and like not even wanting to look myself in the eyes because I know I've had to have this conversation, but I remember like, I'm not like looking in the mirror like you do when you shave or yeah. like when you do when you're brushing your teeth or yeah. checking to see if there's something, but like actually looking inside of yourself yeah. through that mirror yeah. and, and, and realizing, like you said, that it's you, That's you know, and you are the common denominator problems and it isn't everything around you and you have been bullshitting yourself and you have been living this lie and you have been, you know, buying the trophy on Amazon and you yeah. have been, you know, these things, right? And realizing that, you know, you need to change. And then coming... When when things keep happening, Jake, I want to tell people, Dallas, when things keep happening to you, people keep going, why does this keep happening to me? Why do these toxic people keep coming in my life? Well, because the creator is trying to get you to learn something. And by the way, it will always keep coming into your life until you correct it. And it's not them, it's you. That's the hard part. Now understand, I'm not saying... You're a bad person when I say it's you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the creator's trying to elevate you, trying to make you a better version of you. And he's trying to help you by giving you these corrections, these tests. And then, by the way, I've also learned this. By the way, when you think you've got it, you will get a test when you least least expect it. And then if you fail it, it's like, okay, I got, I got to correct this. Well, and the thing to understand, and you, you mentioned this this morning, and I think it was on episode eight or nine, I talked about this a little bit too, where it's like, the sad part is, is like people go through their whole lives just thinking, why me, why me? And I mean, in all honesty, I was there for a big chunk of my life. You know, I was the guy playing that victim. Like, why does this always happen to me? And, you know, I, I, I was never really in, Definitely was nowhere near in touch with my faith as much as I was until I met Jaylene and she yeah. really probably, but I always believed in God. Yeah. I always, yeah, I always had that, like my whole life I felt that, yeah. um, and always had that conversation. I, I always knew I was always God fearing, but I never understood any of that. I wouldn't have known it, you know, I didn't know anything, but I just always felt that presence. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I really until Jaylene, um, you know, really got me on, I mean, so I was always kind of God fearing my whole yeah. life, yeah. Uh, but Jaylene really, were you raised in a church? Did you go to um, church? You know what? I, I never, I mean, I did, I remember going to like Sunday school when I was younger. Yeah. I never, like, my parents, like, I was never raised up in the, in the house with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't ever remember my parents really, truly being, like, God wasn't in the house by any means. Um, I remember my parents going to church when I was very, very young. We were going to Sunday school. Like I might have been six or seven and then never again going. Um, so I always had my own kind of special relationship with God that way. Uh, but I was never raised in it. And to my knowledge, my family never really, you know, much. It was always just kind of me and my own little thing. I felt things. I remember times praying and then having a result. Yeah. Like instantly. So I always believed myself. 
Um, everybody I kind of would like kind of talk to about it. No one really around me believed, so I just kind of kept it to myself, but I always did, right? And so for me, it was just always something I had until Jenny, and then obviously she amplified that, and I was I was all over it. So I learned a lot about it, you know, definitely through her, but no, definitely wasn't raised through it. Um, but I always had those beliefs, you know, coming up into it and, 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 and going through it for sure, right? But one more thing I want to just touch on quick, Sean, before we, we wrap it up here, because this is something I think is super important, you know, when you've been in the business a long time. I think one of the things that's really hard, and I think it's getting actually harder today, not to say you're an old guy or, uh, or not to say that I am, but one of the things I think is super important is, is how to stay relevant, through through the years and you know it's a different world today it is i mean i'm looking around doing this podcast this stuff i mean i i learned how to do all this stuff and this is beyond me and i'm still learning all this stuff Um, but you know you see the social media world has really changed the face of our business you know thankfully and and there's a lot of things that are 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 coming but when you think back over all the years i mean you see people who rise and fall the yo-yo effect i mean there's still people up down up down um, you know, you see kind of the one hit wonders. I mean, there's been people, I mean, I saw a name in our business that just popped up that I hadn't seen in 10 years. Um, there's some people where they pop up and I'm like, Oh, is this person new? They're like, Oh no, they were in the business 30 years. And you're like, you know, so there's, there's just some of this rise and fall type of stuff. Um, we used to be that like that. I think, I think a little bit, but for the most part, we've always been fairly consistent. And especially over the last few years, I think it's been kind of a, a steady climb up. We've grown a lot, trying to stay as consistent as possible. But this is an ever-changing world. I mean, you've seen big players stay big for long periods of time, even for yourself. But like, how do you stay in tune and in touch with everything that's changing, everything that's going on? But what advice is like would you have on staying relevant, you know, in business over the years and staying consistent? I think is is mostly the key to. Because uh, obviously everything's always changing, so. Good uh, question. And I would say this. Um, change is inevitable. Okay? And if you are not willing to change, you will be like the milkman. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. The milkman used to deliver milk to people's homes, yeah. right? And, and my point being is, in saying this is, um, first of all, I like change. When change is happening and I'm uncomfortable, that means good things are coming. Yeah. So I, I actually welcome change. Yeah. When I'm comfortable and I'm coasting, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I am scared. I'm serious. I'm really scared. And um, the truth be told, I actually had that feeling as a dream last night. That's why I, had, uh, I said to uh, Jay Lee today, I want to have a meeting with all the distributors. Because right. I literally had a dream last night nice. about there's a coasting. Yeah. And we feel that when there's a coasting, um, there's going to be a problem. One of my mentors told me, when things are going right, that's when you smash your foot on the gas. Yeah. Okay? Um, but I welcome change, and I want change. You know what our future is to hold for us, by the way, in our business? It is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to come into new things, and this is what's hard, by the way, for some people, um, is... Some people go, well, you know, change, and I don't know, like change, and this is why you have issues all the time. Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. always go oh, yeah. back and forth. Because especially the older you are, the, you know, the more people don't want change, and, you know, the presidency, Donald Trump, and all of that yeah. stuff. And, and uh, people always complain. But what's to come 
is just the beginning if we let it. Yeah. You know what I envision someday? I envision soon when we go into a house, can you imagine this? That you hand a VR goggle to a customer, and in the VR goggle, Jay when he comes walking up from rain or water, whatever it is, and introduces the dealer and welcomes them in the open house. Crazy, eh? Doesn't that sound kind of cool? You see, this is the kind of stuff that I get excited about. Well, and this is why I asked you, Sean, yeah. because the thing is like you, you know, I mean, you're not an old guy, but you were not born. Right. But you were not born in the technology correct. era. That is correct. And you are I mean, you're a technology guy. You're yeah. an IT. So you are somebody that I, I feel has changed and evolved to because I mean, you know, I mean, obviously Rexer has this great, amazing software program. And yeah. I mean, you are, I mean, a big player in that. You know yeah. more about BI than yeah. most people. And yeah. I mean, you're you're involved in this kind of stuff. I mean, you're into Apple products, so I mean we gotta get you switched around on yeah. that. <laughs> so you're maybe not the most brilliant, yeah. but yeah. you know, we we kid around. But I mean, but all obviously, so I, I mean you're somebody that has really you're always kind of up with the, the, the latest shit. So yeah. I think that's something, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about that because there's so many of these old people that are just like, it's all yeah. so I think people really need to hear that and hear what you're saying because change can be scary and it can, you know, it it can be different, but it's like this shit is going to change with or without you. Correct. And that's the thing you have to understand is you're not going to stop it from changing at all so yeah it's either adapt or die and that's what i think people have to really understand is like if you don't move with it it's going to leave you behind and we kind of tell people in our thing all the time is like this train's rolling like our revival train is rolling you know we want everybody to be on it so get on it but with or without you it's going to go now if you're not going to come here's a ticket you you can meet us at any train station if you ever want to get back on but it's going it's yeah. not going to wait for you yeah. you know so i think it's important for people to really understand that and that's why i wanted to ask you that because it's like it, it it's going to change and it's it is change. changing and if you go you will end up like other companies right other direct sales companies and i won't tell you who they are but it's right. first with k yeah. there are other direct sales companies that yeah. is literally dying yeah. in front of our eyes because what you just said. Well, and there are some knockoff companies that have mm-hmm. tried to be like Rainbow. Of course. And, and I mean, of course, when you are the best. And by the way, you know, I'm okay with that. Just so yeah. you know. Because some people get pissed off. I love company. Yeah. Okay. Well, and when you are the best, there are knockoffs that try to come you and go. But I mean, they start up at a high price point. And the next thing you know, they're selling it lower. And then they, they, they fade away. They come and go. That's correct. And they never make it because they're, they're not like us. But again, they aren't the same caliber of company not the same quality of product and and that's fine right and i mean so but i mean that's the thing is that rex air is you know i mean the top of the industry and one of the yep. best rex companies in the world yep. and it's for those reasons right yep. so you know that's really i think the device is important for people you know in our company and and really just in, in everything in life too is you have to really look at at the change in the direction you want to go to is you know is to is to make sure that you adapt to this stuff because you can stay big you can stay relevant, you know, and because it's worked for, you know, several years, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, one of the, our, our biggest distributors, Jay Johnson. And mm-hmm. I mean, how many times has that guy changed things, yeah. you know, and, and he's been, yeah, he's been a top player but so many different to, ways. Here's something that I want to point out that's important, fellas. You need to be a student of life. Yeah. You need to be a student and be willing to listen and be willing to learn. Okay, and here's my favorite quote. Okay, you're either in love with what you know, or you're in love with what you don't know. Right. Be careful who you fall in love with. There you go. Because there's a lot you don't know. Right. 
And so I think that is one thing that has given me an upper hand, is understanding and listening and being a student of life. Yeah. That is something that's so important. Yeah, 100%. Well, Sean, thanks very much, man. I enjoyed this. This was fun. Uh, we're going to do another one here uh, again soon, but uh, really appreciate you spending the time it. today. And uh, that was War Stories on Dell's War Rooms. Thank you very much, Sean. Yeah.